Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I'm joined by LaVon Lewis. LaVon is a branding design and marketing expert. Uh, he is the co-founder, president, and creative director of Connect Branding, which is an Atlanta-based award-winning branding and marketing firm. LaVon has led creative direction for several Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small businesses. Mr. Lewis is also the author uh, of the book, Today is a Great Day for a Wow Image. He also co-founded the Make Them Buy Marketing and Branding Bootcamps. Thank you so much for joining us today, LaVon. Nathan, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. I've also read your background. Highly impressive, <laughs> sir. Can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? I think I am passionate about really when someone has a business or an organization, visually helping them communicate that. And I think in the business space, it really matters, you know, not just things being pretty, but making sure that you set in the right tone, that you understand the customer and then visually you can communicate that whether it's an app or a website or a logo or a color palette. So um, I think that's my gift to the world that if people have a business problem. This is the area of business that I'm gifted to solve. And I'm passionate about that. Love it. Can you share with us your journey, your story to become an, one of the industry leading branding experts? Yeah, I think, um, so I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, originally. Um, a huge city, I'm sure everyone knows where it is. <laughs> and my business partner is from Chicago, Illinois. So we met in college at Alabama A&M University. And at that time, um, I had the creative side of the business. I was actually drawing and painting and selling it to people. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I was top five in drawing as well as music. I played the drums. Nice. So I was top five both I got a dual scholarship that's how I was able to afford to get to college and um, in that time my business partner Sherrod I think he's really brilliant he started a business at 15 and came to college with the Motorola contract doing websites and things of that nature at the age of 18 and so we would go around campus and people would say hey you should meet Sherrod Sherrod you should meet Levon and we kept hearing about each other and we actually met it took about a good year or so and we joined forces and we have had a great ride. 21 years later, we have worked on over 2,000 brands, 50 awards. Uh, we've spoken 500 times across the country, and um, and we really enjoy what we do. From small clients to big, it doesn't matter. We really enjoy all of that whole process. So that's my story. We're now in Atlanta, and I'm having a great time doing what we do. What of all of those different awards you've won? Which one is the most meaningful to you? Um, I have a gold Addy Award, which is people don't know in my industry, that's like the Oscars, you know, there's a silver and a gold, and I have two silvers, two golds. And the goals came at a time where I was really rejected a lot by the industry and just, um, I didn't know if I should get a job at that time, you know, kind of know how it goes when you start a business. So the gold Addy really meant a lot for me for a couple of campaigns that I worked on. What is the greatest home run you've hit? I really think maintaining a business partnership for 21 years, to be honest. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a thing where, you know, when you start a business when you're 19, and then now I would be 41 in two weeks, you know, and to maintain a friendship, a business relationship, you know, you deal with big money, small money, you deal with expansion employees, and to really maintain that and have the relationship the best it's ever been, that's a huge, rare accomplishment that I'm proud of. And that's why we're able to do yeah. what we do. That's great. And, and a comment on that, sometimes big money is a lot harder to maintain a business partnership in than small money. Yes. 
Yes. You know, you you absolutely find out who people are. Some people you get big money and some people run, they change, they're, you know, um, condescending. It's not an issue. We in our organization is no ego, all maturity, best idea wins. We're, we're just trying to get there. And that's all that matters. What is the biggest mistake or failure that you've had in your career and what did you learn from it? I think the biggest mistake is not realizing how important the details of things are. You know, sometimes in our industry, it's all big picture visual, but it's the, the, like they say, the devil's in the details, right? And I've had some failure in the past, uh, not knowing that those details were as important. And so, um, but what you learn from that is every little thing is important. The little things make the big things. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so that's the biggest lesson I learned. What is your best monetization secret or strategy? So we do have a secret sauce when we speak, whether it's online or not, that carries into the social media space. It's a secret sauce, guys. I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> we, can, we can go speak somewhere, whether it's, like I say, online or not. And we have a way without asking or coming off salesy that we can generate traffic to the back of the room and generate on-the-spot sales. And it's, it's it, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering if you felt comfortable sharing any portion of that secret sauce. Um, it, so it would sound really high level, but I, it's not, it's not any secret potion, but I think what it comes from is just years of experience. It's the yin and yang of my business partner. And I, it's that 20 years of, of, of knowing that having the ability to read people. It's a concoction of all of that in the moment right? And being ready in the moment. So example, some people may go to a conference and say, I'm going to get contacts, networks. I'm going to network and get contacts, go back to the office and follow up. Well, one secret that we have is that we'll go to the conference with our full contract, with our system assistance and everything. We can close a deal right there. So you do all your preparation. You look at everything that you sell, where you condense it down into a few options and we're ready to go on the spot. So when next week comes, we're in orientation mode. Well, we're, we've started the whole office. We're going, you know, so that's what I would say. Yeah. I love that. And I love, I love how speaking at conferences can give us a lot of credibility as well, that we were invited to be on that stage. And then you leverage that credibility and, and evoke that emotion and build that relationship. And then you get them to the back of the room while they're, they're still feeling that way. That's true. That's true. It, see, people don't know that, that credibility is lended from the conference or the host. Yep. And if you can get up and do your thing, you can use that to generate sales very quickly. It's kind of like a warm lead. It's a super warm lead. You know, it's the same thing as someone referring someone. Hey, I know Nathan, you know, use him for this. It's less questions, less white noise when you're trying to make that sale. That's right. It's so much easier to convert those clients. Those clients trust you a lot more. They end up being some of your best clients when you can get them from a, a credible source. Absolutely. Just give me an example. What's one of the best tectonic shifts that you think is transforming business today? Wow. I think the best from what I've seen, and it sounds simple, but we can dig into it. It's definitely social media and not just in its broadest sense, right? You look at how people make money on YouTube. As example, I know someone that made almost a million dollars last year on YouTube and the year before they made half a million right? YouTube, right? And it's the ability to endorse products, um, blog consistently. Uh, even that's a skill all in itself, you know, to be able to be a personality on camera, work consistently, yes. be disciplined, edit the video, 
you know, and they have brands from top down calling them, hey, advertise this product. And they've done very, very well. So that's in one space. But another space is the ability to go on an Instagram or Facebook or what have you. And whether you're purchasing ads or if you're consistent with posting and knowing how to have shareable information, those things are huge shifts that we didn't see 10 years ago or 20 years ago. You would never think you can make money to that. Right. And so and I think even with us internally, we've had a couple of shifts. Like I mentioned, when we started, I was just drawing on a big notepad, selling it. And the shift from that to branding, right? And then the shift from branding to now we're, we're able to do branding and marketing for customers. But last year we helped a customer get half a million dollars. We built their nonprofit 501c3, set it up, grant writing. They got half a million dollars funded and they're working on a building. You know, So those nice. are shifts that we've had to make from just a graphic design firm to a full blown agency. Yeah. And, uh, and you're right. If you, if you, what you're really saying is how do you remain relevant, right? We had not remained relevant we would have been dead by now, you know? Yep. So, and it's business. There's a lot of times we were almost dead, right? It happens, right? But you, <laughs> you figure it out and you yeah. keep going. And that's just, people talk about the high note, but that's just the reality of what it is. Yeah, that definitely happens to the best of us. So going to your original comment where you said your biggest tectonic shift was social media mm-hmm. um, and not in the general sense, but in a more specific sense, I think you're talking about it's the ability to monetize social media. It's the ability to, to yeah. build this reach and this influence and this credibility that now has become a lot easier to monetize. Where in the past, people trusted businesses to talk about themselves. Now people are, are trusting these people who have a lot of reach on social media to make recommendations to them. And that has become very monetizable. That's Is that true. correct? Great clarification. Absolutely. Let's talk about your superpower for a bit here. Let's, let's talk about branding. Mm-hmm. And if you were sitting down with me and, and, and I was your consulting client, the client of your agency, and, and you were saying, Nathan, here are the top things that you need to know to be successful in, in your new branding strategy. What would you tell me? Well, the one thing I would find out first is, and we'll dig into that word superpower because I really believe in that. But if I had to give you some tips of advice, the first thing I would do is find out why you're doing what you do. That's very important to me. You know, why, you know, are you here? Why do you think you're different? Why do competitors do it? We'll figure that out. The second thing I would like to do is look into the profile of who your customers are, because after we find out the why, how do they think? How do we attract them? How do we communicate with them? So I'll give you one sample. You'll look at um, the colors, just a simple thing. And I do a lot with color psychology. You look at the colors, black, gold, and silver, they attract a more of an affluent audience. So if you look at Apple, Bloomberg, you look at um, Mercedes, Lexus, these type of things, they use this type of color palette because it feels affluent. Or you look at red in the restaurant industry, it stimulates hunger, right? To, to, to in the brain, right? So okay. I would like to look at why are you here? Who are you trying to attract? How do they think? You know, because if you set the value high, and I, and when I say how are you here, that's really the value, right? If you brand value, it's less about price, it's less negotiation, right? Because people need the value in their life, and so um, and so I would use those things and and as the building blocks to the whole brand. What do you think are the top secrets or strategies of successful branding? I think positioning right offhand, brand positioning. And for the people that are not clear on brand positioning is really communicating the, communicating and knowing the difference between you and a competitor. 
So oftentimes we'll see a slogan. We'll take for an example. I don't know if this is in your neck of the woods, but there's a grocery store here by the name of Publix. If you've heard okay. of it. Yeah, I've, I've been there. Yep. Okay. Not here in locally, but when I've traveled. Okay. So very popular in the Atlanta area. Um, it's known as a really nice store, you know, but their slogan is where shopping is a pleasure right? That's okay. their position in the industry. They're not number one or two in the grocery store industry, but it's where shopping is a pleasure. So what they're saying is that's their position. That's their promise to the market. And had they not been clear on that, they don't try to compete with a Walmart that's probably open 24 hours. They're not on every corner. Um, and they are pretty high priced, right? So they didn't promise you they were the cheapest, but they say, hey, it's going to be a pleasure, good customer service, good produce, good, great, you know, um, meats, things of that nature, right? It, people are friendly, nice, the store is always clean. And so by them understanding their position, they don't compete with the wrong people and they don't communicate the wrong way to the customer. They deliver on what they say. And I think okay. as small businesses, we often don't know that. So the point is, let's not compete on price. Let's find something that maybe is even more meaningful and build our brand and our competitive advantage around that. Am I understanding your point correctly? That's correct. Branding is about communicating value. That's the simplest way to explain it is how well do I communicate my value to the customer? And you do that a lot of ways, messaging, color, logo, web. It's all about value. And if you do that successfully, it's less about price. Right. And, and why do we want to get out of competing on price? Why is that not a good idea? I think for several reasons. I think one is it ruins your position, right? So if you were a Mercedes competing on price and you're elite and you're negotiating down from 100 grand to 90 grand to 80 grand, it's, it's, it goes against that, that, the status that they sell because they're selling status, right? So it goes against what the company represents. And then secondly, you look at just basic financial things. If you, you know, negotiate and brand off a of pricing, it could cut into profit margin. Like you should know what it costs for you to do business, things of that nature. So you should know if the car is $100,000, it costs me 60000 to build it. I have forty grand to work with and there's marketing and employees and things of that nature in there can't just be negotiating down because they had a cheaper car. You got to know where you stand and what your position is and you stay there. And yeah. Apple does a very good job at that. Apple doesn't have sales, you know? And here's the thing, Apple understand that brand so well, the iPhone only cost them 20 or 30%. So if they charge you a thousand dollars, it costs them $200 to make it. So that $800 difference is clear branding and positioning because they're selling lifestyle. They're not selling a phone and they understand yeah. positioning, right? And that's what you can do when you communicate value and positioning. You can have a profit margin of that sort. My business partner says all the time that pricing is determined by how bad you can make somebody want it. <laughs> and he says that all the time. I think it's brilliant. And that's Apple is an example. Yeah, I'm waiting for their next MacBook Pro to come out. I <laughs> hear <laughs> right when it comes out. Yeah. They, they've definitely hooked me. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me restate a couple of those things you said. Let me see if I'm understanding. So, so one reason we don't want the price to be low is, is because we want to attract the right kind of customer. And, and when we price low, if, if Apple was, was trying to compete with those Android phones, um, they wouldn't be attracting the higher level customers that are, that are flocking to Apple. So it's, yeah. It, it positions them for the right audience, I guess, number one. Number two, you were talking about there's lots of different costs 
in, in that product. And, and your true profit on a thousand dollar product might only be a hundred dollars or $200. And so by cutting a hundred bucks off of that, you cut your profit margin in half and you radically increase radically decrease the profitability of your organization. And I guess the third point is by, by cutting your profit margin, you, you decrease what you're able to do for your audience. You're not able to, to innovate. You're not able to market well. You're not able to provide great customer service. You, when you cut into your profit margin like that, you have to cut into the quality you're able to do for your service provider. So when we compete on price, almost by definition, we cannot compete on quality. That is correct. I mean, in, a, in your company at some point. I mean, a, a good example is we'll go back to Apple again. In my opinion, it's the reason why the products are so high quality. The customer service is so great. Um, everything about them is first class because they can afford to hire the best people, do the best training, buy the best products, make the best product, and still have a lot of money in the bank. But yeah. if, you're, if you're being you know, marginalized, you can't really do that. You just got to get what you can get. And, and it really affects your competitive power. Can you give me some examples of companies that have done a really good job on branding and, and seen a lot of success from it? I can. So I would use, this is an example of, I could use things we've done, but I want to use something that everybody knows that you're not going to expect. This is an example. When we speak, my business partner uses it all the time. Um, I, I'm going to borrow that from him. And I think it's Waffle House. Okay to everyone's surprise, right? So, and I use Waffle House because people think branding means you gotta have all of this polish and it has to be perfect and all these things, but it's really about understanding where you sit and communicating that value once again. So I'll, I'll say this, so example, people don't know that Waffle House makes a, more money if you sit in that seat 17 minutes or less. If you sit more than 17 minutes, they begin to lose money. And this is the business model and the branding. So when you look at the logo and the colors, black and gold, or black and yellow, those colors feel cheaper on purpose, right? Yellow also stimulates hunger. Let's just break it down, right? When you look at the logo itself, it's like, it's Waffle House, those little squares like a waffle. You go inside, it's small, it's cold, there's hard seats and there's no Wi-Fi, right? They clearly understand their branding, right? If you don't have Wi-Fi, you're not gonna sit longer than 17 minutes. It's also the only restaurant that you would go to and they give you the check before your food comes, if you think about it. Normally people say, yeah, order your food. Do you want dessert? Sit, are you done? They bring that check later. They say, oh, you want eggs and grits? Check. It subconsciously make you know when this food comes, you're done, right? So they understand their brand and the kitchen is right there. It's open. It's all very quick, right? The seats are hard. They're not comfortable. You have somebody paying for that food at the cash register right over your head. And it just makes you want to leave, right? And so I use that example because people don't expect it, but they clearly understand their branding because if they didn't, they'll say, well, we need cushion seats and Wi-Fi and people would sit in there for 40 minutes and they would lose money, but they understand their brand. So they won't do that. So they lose money because they need to turn it over and they need to get someone else in the seat so they can make another sale. Is that right? It's still fast food, just done differently. Yeah. And because they do all those things and turn you out, turn you around quickly, it it actually provides a value to the customers who are wanting a quick dining experience. Exactly. Exactly. So often I have to make my dining decisions based upon the time that I have and not the best food. Yeah, yeah. Even if people go out late and want to go to Waffle House, 
even if they don't sit in there, they know I can just call. And by the time I pull up 10 minutes or whatever, it's going to be ready. And it is, you know, and they can pull up, grab it, go home. You know, yeah, that that speed has a lot of value. That's that's one of the big reasons McDonald's and Taco Bell and a lot of those restaurants have seen success is mm-hmm. because they give you your food so quickly. Right, right, and that's what we can borrow from business as well, Nathan. I I know I don't know if you know of Gary Vaynerchuk. I, I yeah, like him. love him, but he says something to the tune of "In day to day business, go fast, but long term, go slow." Right. And I really love that because of that speed and efficiency that allows you to generate the most revenue and profit margin. But long-term strategy, just be patient, go slow. And, and the both together work really work out. Can you give me another example or two of, of businesses that have done branding well? I loved that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Beats by Dre is another. Okay, uh, great brand. I, I'll tell you why. Again, I say communicate value and people talk less about price. So if you look at Beats by Dre, they did a Time Magazine study out of 20 headsets. I think they were number 17 in quality, right? But they own 70% of the market share and they sold to Apple for a couple of billion or so years back, right? <laughs> How is this possible to have the lowest quality, but number one, you own the market, 70% of the market, right? And it's yeah. because of branding, association, LeBron James, athletes, rappers, singers, right? is how the product looks. It's, so people are really buying the B on the side of the head, the association, right? Yeah. A product like that, and if you anybody has beats, you know in a very short amount of time, they fall apart, right? The B falls off, you know, you lose something. They look good, they feel good, the branding is great, and they, and they have the right associations, but it's not the best quality. So I think that's a good branding example. Not telling people to have horrible quality and just brand it, but it's telling you it, it works. They communicated a certain value and it works. So you're saying even though they don't have the highest quality, they've still been able to get a high quality, build a high quality brand, a trusted brand because of who the credible sources they've associated with. Right. There are very few businesses, period, that can say my company owns 70% of the market. Yeah, that's right. That's extremely hard to do. Now, hopefully, and, and it's interesting because I have never known they were low quality um, <laughs> because, because they're associated with so many high credibility influencers. I assumed they were high quality. Yeah. And the problem with that business strategy is if it's perceived as high quality, that's the positioning where they're going to market. And then if people discover that you don't deliver on that expectation, that it really is a low quality product then it destroys that brand rep- reputation. And in the long run, that won't work and it'll, it'll catch up with them. So hopefully they, they fix their quality issues and right. they, they make it so that the, the product reflects the quality they've created for the brand. Right. And that happens a lot with software companies. You have a software company that comes out and has a lot of hype and, and people trust, and it's not quite there. It doesn't do everything that you want. And, and you have a company that's constantly fixing it and improving it and getting it to where it needs to be. Right. Which it, it may be a good idea why it was sold to Apple, because we know Apple is about quality. Yeah. And if they knew what we're saying is it benefits them, let's sell it, make some cash on it and have Apple take it to the next level. It's just that's smart right. on both sides. That's right. That's a good win-win. Yeah. Yeah. The best. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, LaVon, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, if we get into bad habits with how we do the little things, it will negatively impact how we do the big things. Number two, 
Conferences are a great way to earn credibility and convert clients. Number three, we should attend conferences fully prepared to close deals. Number four, before we start our branding, we must know why we're doing what we're doing and who we're doing it for. Number five, lowering our prices can radically decrease the profitability of our organization. Number six, don't compete on price. Competing on price can ruin our position, radically decrease the profitability of our organization and decrease what we're able to do for our audience. When we compete on price, we cannot compete on value. To learn more about or connect with Levon, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit his website at brandingconnected.com. And there's links to both of those sites on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to take your digital monetization to the next level? You can get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. I wish you success as you strive to compete on the factors such as value and quality and not price. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.